Hey church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. Uh, Pastor Ross and Pastor Daniel here. We're really excited to bring the topic of deacons to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Midweek is designed to um, answer kind of hot topics and uh, relevant things going on in our church. So this is a relevant issue. Mm -hmm. We are pursuing the appointment of of deacons, and that's something that's been on the docket for a long time. The elders have spent a good amount of time, Bibles open, uh, hearts full of prayer and and independence, just seeking the Lord. There's been a couple uh, moments, you know, sticky moments, and we'll get into that a little bit today um, as we are trying to understand particularly the issue of men and women and and uh, whether they're accepted or or we should appoint women deacons is really the big question, but we'll get into that a little bit today. And really, we're going to try to answer the who, what, and why of deacon. So I hope this is helpful to you. Ross is going to really take point. He's, he's crafted a, a pretty good uh, teaching, and so I'm going to be mostly just facilitating here. But So we'll go ahead and start off uh, with the question, why do we want to appoint deacons in our church? Tell us, Ross. Yeah, so if we open up the letter of that Paul writes to the church in Philippi, yeah, starts off in verse 1. Paul introduces himself. He says, Paul and Timothy servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Yep. That's how he addresses his letter to this church. And as you read through this letter, you find out that it's mostly, almost exclusively a letter of commendation. This is a healthy, thriving church. And in his introduction to his letter to this church, he addresses a plurality of Overseers, which are pastors and right. elders, which is the office that you and me are operating in an all people's church. Mm-hmm. And he also addresses another group of people, the deacons. That's right. A plurality of deacons. Mm-hmm. And it's, I say plurality because the word is plural. And the word deacons is actually the Greek word for servant. So whenever you hear deacon, you should just think servant. Mm-hmm. And this is another office in the church alongside the elders who complement the elders, who serve the elders in serving the whole church. Mm -hmm. We're going to get a little more into what exactly they do and how they carry out their tasks in just a moment. But the point is that deacons help churches thrive. It's God's design that there would be many elders and many deacons in a church. And by many, I mean more than one or two Mm -hmm. who would together serve and help the church. And the result of their service to the church would be a healthier church. Yeah. So we want all people's church to be an even more healthy church. We want all people's church to impact even more lives and more people. Mm -hmm. And we believe that appointing people to deacons, just like we see in the new Testament will help us get there. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll just add one thing. I think, you know, we've had people serving all along, right? The serving mm-hmm. elder, serving us elders, all people's church would, would be very different if, if not. Right. But, mm. um, we believe that, that really, uh, making, uh, and qualifying, you know, appointing deacons and, and qualifying them as deacons, uh, is a really important step for us so that they understand their role and authority and their place and the others understand. And we, and we just, we think that, um, we want to be as, as 
in line with scripture as we can. When people look at the New Testament, when they look at how the church operates, we want people to see, oh, they're, they're elders and they're mm-hmm. plurality of them. And, oh, they're deacons and mm-hmm. they do this. And we wanted our church to look like that. So yes. um, we have, you know, in some ways had that happening, but the, but not formally. So we're really excited to move in that direction. Would you agree with that? Totally agree with that. Yeah. So what are deacons and what are they called to do? Great. To answer this question, I want to look at another passage of scripture. Um, This is kind of a more foundational text that the idea of deacons arises out of. It's in chapter six of Acts and um, it actually explains itself pretty well. So I'm just going to read it. Okay. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So the Christians who were culturally Greek, their widows were not getting as much access to food as the widows of those who were culturally Hebrew. And so there was ethnic tension that was leading to division in the church and people not getting loved and cared for. Yeah. And the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. So the 12 are the apostles and, and they identify their task as preaching the word of God. Mm -hmm. So these are kind of like proto elders in, in this part of the Bible. They're not exactly elders because the role of elder and the role of apostle are distinct from one another. That's right. But, but the role of elder kind of seems to grow out of the apostles yeah. in, in future generations right. of Christianity and later in the New Testament. That's a good way to put it. And so what we see here is something like a proto-elder in the apostles. Mm-hmm. And God has given them the work, the specific task of the ministry of the word and prayer. That's right. And they say that it's not right to give up that work to serve tables. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not to say that serving tables is a lowly job right. or a less than job. It's actually an incredibly honorable job in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, so much so that there's going to be an office created for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus said, I'm among you as one who serves. That's right. And so Jesus didn't think that table service was in any way a dishonorable way of life. Right. But God also has especially appointed the elders to the ministry of the word and prayer and in his wisdom has decided that that job is so important that he wants those specific people to devote themselves to serving the church through word and prayer. Yep. Which means that there's other tasks in the church that need to be attended to so that the elders are not drawn away from word and prayer to attend to those tasks. That's right. And I'm sure you know exactly how that feels. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You do too, right? Yeah. This is very, very practical Yes. when it gets down to it. And it will become more clear as, as we go on. So, um, so these tasks are often tangible, mm-hmm. are often um, deal with caring for people, caring for spaces, caring for tangible physical things. That's right. And the beautiful thing in it is that appointing people with special attention towards these physical, tangible things... Mm-hmm promotes the spiritual flourishing and unity of everybody. That's right. And so you will serve the souls. The deacons will serve the souls of the entire church family through attending to these physical, tangible tasks. So what it says in verse three is the apostles aside, therefore brothers, let us pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy spirit and of wisdom 
whom we will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and a few others. And these they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. Mm-hmm. So what we see here is the 12 the apostles pick seven. Yep. And those seven are appointed to serve. And he uses that Greek word, diakoneo, in this passage that yep. we translate deacon or to serve. Yep. And, and they are given the task of caring for the food distribution to the widows so that the elders or the apostles can devote themselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. Mm-hmm. So in our church context, when we raise up people to the office of deacon, um, we're going to follow this example and we're going to pray and we're going to look and see which people are the right people to meet the tangible needs in our church, mm-hmm. to free us up for the ministry of word and prayer. Mm-hmm. And we're going to lay on hands on them in a gathering and appoint them to this very critical office in the church mm-hmm. that will just further us in being able to minister and to serve other people. Um, I think one important qualification, and you were pointing to this earlier, is that not everyone who serves is a deacon. Right. Everyone in the church serves. Yeah. But not everyone who serves is a deacon. Mm-hmm. One thing we have to do is use our wisdom to determine what kinds of service actually reach the level of you need a church office devoted to this. Yeah. And the Bible never gives us a clear answer on this is what a deacon does and this is what a deacon doesn't do. So we have to use our wisdom to determine what kind of tasks require a deacon. That's right. And what we've been landing on are tasks that will not go away. They'll, they'll keep, there, there's a long-term need here that yeah. would be a long-term distraction mm-hmm. that oftentimes requires someone to facilitate other people in serving. Mm-hmm. And f- in order for that to happen well, it seems wise to give that facilitator, that point person, that, that person who's going to handle this area of service in the church, a yeah. title and a role, yeah. so that they feel that affirmation to be able to facilitate this area of the mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. so that people know to look to them to facilitate this area of the church, mm-hmm. and it's very clear what is going on. Mm-hmm. And so um, not everyone who serves will be a deacon, but someone who's fulfilling a long-term need that probably involves more than just one person or maybe a specific area of expertise. Yeah. Um, and they'll continue to serve in that role. Mm-hmm. We're going to call those things or whatever that person is who's doing that task a deacon. Mm-hmm. Because at that moment, their service seems to even step out beyond normal service in a church. Yeah, and it's something we we really need God to empower. Like we, we need, it's, it's something, it's a role that we see as, uh, we need it to thrive. We really need it to thrive. We need their leadership to thrive. We need the people that are serving alongside of them to feel led and, and have clear direction and that sort of stuff. That it, it's important. It's very important. So we're, when we, you know, we're uh, appointing a deacon, laying hands on, asking God the Spirit to empower and, uh, and, and you know, strengthen them for the task because we we believe that that task matters for the health of our church in, right. in great ways. So super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. And I tried to think of just an example I could throw out there yeah. to kind of clarify this. So one huge need we have in our church is childcare during the service. That's right. Um, if 
and thank you, church, for helping us with this. If the church did not help us pastors with this, this would be a burden weekly that would distract us from the ministry of the word and prayer. Yeah. Now, everyone who helps with the children is immensely valuable, and we thank you for your service. But not, not, I don't think every child care worker is necessarily a deacon, or that's necessarily something you call a deacon. But rather, we do want to have a point person who's the person who's facilitating that time, mm-hmm. who's helping implement the curriculum, who's raising up and training volunteers, who's um, providing help and, and supervision in our child care, mm-hmm. kind of a point person. Mm-hmm. Now, every one of those servants is honoring to God. Every one of those servants is valuable to this church. And yet that person who's facilitating seems to have a special burden, a special calling mm-hmm. that they're carrying out and being the point person who causes that whole ministry to flourish. Mm-hmm. And it seems to us that this would be a deacon. Yeah. And there are other, some similar positions or places in our church family who are like this. Yeah. And what's so beautiful is some people are already f- serving in positions like these. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to get closer to the point of calling it what the New Testament calls it. Yeah. I think one clarification, mm-hmm. um, you know, just even just, just help with kind of the relationship between deacon and, and elder. First off, uh, children's ministry, you use the word child care. I think maybe it'd be better to say children's ministry. You know, That's great. I, I love I, it. I understand what you're saying. I love but, it. Um, children's ministry could absolutely, it could absolutely be a ministry of the word that, that an elder walks out, right? Because there's so much discipleship, so much training, and so much teaching that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. That being said, we, we want to have an elder that's overseeing and considering the souls of our children, that's like right. considering the needs of the whole family. Um, so that, that is the role, the, the ministry of the word and prayer for an elder as it relates to children looks like uh, the, considering the overall philosophy and discipleship mm-hmm. kind of uh, methodology for our children's ministry. Um, deacons, uh, on the other hand, are going to assist and, and help that uh, kind of make sure that that is, is, uh, is fulfilled, that that ministry philosophy, that that methodology, that, that all the details uh, that, that the pastor, uh, that the elder is, is, sees uh, as best are, are, are done well. And that doesn't mean that the elder may calls all the shots and the deacon has n- no say in any of it. Uh, the deacon, in fact, will work very closely with the elder mm-hmm. to, to help with all those details. But, but there, there, is, uh, there is a difference, however. I hope you can uh, hear that as I'm describing the, the different roles. One is going to take much more care. The deacon is going to take much more care of administrative tasks and making sure yes. that uh, like the literal... Uh, you know, paper is in the teacher's hands that they can teach the kids or the, or the coloring utensils or whatever it is. The pastor is, is thinking through, um, you know, how long are, what, what books should we take them through? What verses, you know, what curriculum, Mm -hmm. those sort of things, working with the deacon. um, That's sort of kind of like a little bit of how those two roles would work together. Yeah. That's super helpful. I like the word you used, assist the elder. Yeah. I think that's very much, especially here in Acts 6, is that these deacons are very much the elders' assistants who are handling the logistical needs Mm -hmm. in order to free them up to be ministers of the word and prayer. That's right. And so, um, yeah, whenever there's logistical needs and you need to deputize someone to handle this, 
That's really what a deacon is doing. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're saying, hey, I need, I need someone to handle this. Will you be that person? Yep. And then the deacon says, I will. And they step forward and receive that affirmation from the church, and they go and handle it. As far as right. scheduling, who's going to be there, mm-hmm. making sure there's the coloring things, the grants, yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> the papers, all that, all that stuff. Um, we, we see that as, the New Testament sees that as incredibly important work. And, and the elders will deputize their assistants that's right. to be able to fulfill that alongside them. And just one more um, affirmation of uh, the, the importance of this uh, mm-hmm. role. It's you know, the, the lists of the gifts of the Spirit that Paul gives and, and, and others give, um, you know, includes things like administration, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so the, there, there are tasks in the church that uh, seem less glamorous, but are still just as important mm-hmm. for the health of the church. Um, and, and uh, yes, someone might have gifts of administration and serve in the church in a role that's not a deacon role. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's very important. But likewise, it might they might be serving in a deacon role. But yeah, just just really wanted to emphasize this is this is something that is so valuable and um, important. And we're we're not downplaying any of these. Uh, you already said it, but we're not mm-hmm. down, downplaying serving tables. We're not downplaying administration, uh, any of that sort of stuff. This is so so vital and important for our church. Amen. Amen. So what, Ross, uh, or I, I should say, who? are the deacons, what people should we choose to put in this office? Yeah, so this is um, the most controversial question, something that people have different perspectives on in church history and today. Um, The place we're going to turn to to take a look at this further is 1 Timothy 3. So 1 Timothy 3 is the place where Paul is talking about the qualifications for both elders and deacons. Um, In verse 8, he starts talking about the qualifications for deacons. Mm -hmm. So let me read those quick. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect. Not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. So before I get into the controversial part, I just want to mention something non-controversial. Good. Is that um, (laughs) just like the elders, the deacons is not primarily a competence-based office. Hmm. So our tendency as people is to find who's the most talented person. Yeah. Let's make that person the leader. Mm-hmm. And that is not the way of the church and not the way of God. The way of the God is to find the most holy people mm. and to raise those people up to positions of leadership. Mm. And of course, there's certain skills that are necessary to be a pastor and certain skills that are necessary to serve in a certain area in the church. Like able to teach. Like able to teach yep. would be one as far as the pastors. Yes. Um, but that seems to take a second seat to character mm-hmm. and holiness. That's right. And, it, and God prefers to use holy people who depend on him mm-hmm. to be able to fulfill a task rather than extremely talented people who don't depend on him. Mm. That's a pattern we see in the scriptures. 
And that's something that's repeated here Hmm. in the very offices in the church is that God uses holy people Mm -hmm. who depend on him to fulfill his work. And so when Paul goes about laying out what a deacon is, it's first and foremost a person who's doing the ordinary Christian things extraordinarily well. Yep. Not someone who's an extraordinary minister or an extraordinary gifted speaker or an extraordinarily gifted child curriculum writer or something like that. We are looking for ordinary people who are doing the ordinary Christian life extraordinarily well and faithfully. Mm -hmm. Just consistently being with God, putting sin to death, being like God, living in community. This is an ideal deacon, a humble and holy person. That's right. Um, Which is kind of interesting that that's what we're all striving to be. Yes. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, deacon is not someone who utterly just stands out from the church in their giftedness, but someone who's faithfully serving God mm. week in and week out. Yeah, really good. Now, the biggest question, one of the biggest questions that comes up is who can be a deacon? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, is it an office that just men can hold in the church or just women can hold in the church? Yep. And one of the big um, reasons why this is such a question is because Paul's pretty clear in the epistle to Timothy that only men will occupy the office of pastor. Yep. And that's because in God's wisdom and his design of the genders, um, he, he made men to be the leaders mm-hmm. and to sacrificially care for and serve women just like Jesus cared for and served the church. Mm-hmm. And anything short of that level of sacrificial love and care is fail, failure. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it is not lording over people. It is not controlling people. Leadership is laying down your life for the sake of other people. Yes. And, and in the, in this letter, the apostle Paul makes it clear that since pastors exercise a teaching authority and an oversight authority over the whole church, that that is something that just men will do. Yep. Now with deacons, um, it's that, that isn't the same case. So a deacon is not someone who's exercising teaching authority over the whole church or someone who's exercising oversight over the whole church. Yep. Rather, they're facilitating service in a certain area of the church that the elders have asked for help in. So that'd be one major difference. And then when we get to this section on deacons, um, what, what verse 11 says is, in the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect. Now, I'm reading from the NIV translation right here. Yeah. Not every translation. Not every translation takes yeah. it that way. Yep. Some translations, like the ESV takes it, the, wi- the wives are to be worthy of respect. Yep. And the reason why different translations take that differently is the Greek word gune. It's not clear whether that word can mean wife or woman. Yep. Um, it can mean different things in different contexts. And one of the hard things about this section is there's not a ton of contextual clues that make it exactly clear what it's referring to. Right. And so verse 11 of first Timothy three could be saying that there's certain character qualifications for the wives of deacons that they must have, Mm -hmm. or it could be saying that there's certain character qualifications that women who are deacons must have, depending on how you translate that Greek word, right? Which leads to two very different conclusions. Yeah. Now, Daniel alluded to this earlier. 
One reason that this has taken long to come out is that we on the elder team, certain elders have leaned different ways on how to translate this word and yeah. what the office of deacon is. Yep. And as we've talked and prayed about it, um, we have landed on a certain position as a team. Mm-hmm. And even though we leaned different ways individually, we are unified as a team. That's right. And we're willing to submit to one another, especially in areas of the scriptures that are not abundantly clear. And it's hard to know this is exactly what the Bible is saying. Mm-hmm. If it was an issue like that, it wouldn't be the same result. Mm-hmm. But when it's, when it's a harder, less, less uh, manifest issue like this one, we need to be okay on the elder team saying, hey, mm-hmm. we believe that other men have wisdom, and if this is the way the team is leading, we are going forward with unity on this. Yeah. So even though we leaned a little differently on this, no one is disunified in moving forward in this direction as a church. Mm-hmm. So, so it says, yeah, women are to be worthy of respect. And so because we are not seeing the deacon office as one that's exercising authoritative teaching or churchwide oversight, we do not think that Paul's restriction from chapter two on just men having authoritative offices in the church applies to deacons. Right. In addition, one other, I think, important verse in this discussion comes from uh, Romans 16.1. Paul is writing a letter to the Romans and in Verse 1 of chapter 16, he refers to Phoebe the deacon. Yep. He uses that word. Uh, um, I forgot how to say the noun form of it, but it's from the verb dikiao. Yeah. Um, now, some people will say in this context, it doesn't mean deacon. It means something else. And other people will say, no, no, this is referring to, deacon, to Phoebe as a deacon of the church. And at least it seems to me that Paul is not, in his writings, not going f- through um, a ton of efforts to make it abundantly clear that this office is not for women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's using the word in attachment to Phoebe. This section could, in First Timothy 3, could very well be referring to um, female deacons. Mm. And so I don't, I don't think this, I think this is a very fair way to land on this topic and, and a way that we have landed on this topic and are, okay. and are moving forward with it. And so... Um, I've kind of written kind of a summary statement on kind of how, how we're going to see deacons and move forward. Um, That's great. Maybe I'll just, I'll just read it right now. Yeah. So the elders plan to select and lay hands on certain holy men and women within all people's church to facilitate certain areas of service within the church that would otherwise distract the elders from the ministry of the word and prayer on an ongoing basis. These deacons will attend to certain tangible physical needs and tasks to promote the spiritual flourishing of our whole church family, we will be a better church because of them. That's well written. Yeah, I, I really love this, and, and I'm excited. And, and I'll just say one one thing: there there is controversy in in the church, you know, and and we're not we're certainly not uh, alone in our decision here to mm-hmm. uh, appoint female deacons as well. There's there's many in the evangelical church that do, and there's also many that don't. So that's right. Um, but we we believe that um, we believe that we are in on good standing here, and we're on good ground. And we would absolutely be open to any further discussion. We can't get into all the details. There's so many arguments that mm-hmm. we could try to lay out here uh, scripturally. But I think what would be better is if you have if you have real question about um, our interpretation, we want you to just bring that to us, and we'd we'd love to have a discussion with you. That's right. Again, we we did not totally agree uh, as an elder team, you know, on this. And we, we, we wrestle with it a lot. And that's, that's a, a really good thing to do. And I think something that we could do 
healthy, health in a healthy way with you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see how, how this plays out. I think there's, there's plenty more uh, to be done and plenty more to be said. And, um, but, but we wanted to release this podcast to you to really get your, get you thinking and, and knowing the direction that we're moving as a church and, um, and, and yeah, would you, would you pray? Would you pray for us as we consider uh, and appoint deacons? Mm-hmm. There are some people that we have in mind, but there, we would just ask for, for your prayers and, and ultimately pray that uh, as we appoint deacons, our church would, would grow stronger and more healthy and, and, uh, and, and that us elders would, would be able to be even more faithful. Amen. By God's grace. So thanks, Ross, so much for your work on this. We hope this is helpful to you. We look forward to hearing some of your feedback. That's right. God bless you.